Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. blood you look to your buddies you look to your friends there's only a couple guys in the whole world that make me love pro wrestling and you're one of them you know all the bad shit you've heard about us it's all true but another thing that's true is we love professional wrestling and that's why we're here i'm not sports entertainment anymore talk to them kid this is a new beginning and it starts tonight! A new day is dawning for DX! Well, who you talking to? Welcome to Xbox 12360, everyone. I'm your host, Sean. X-Pac. Yay. <laughs> Yay. I just Yay. gave myself an entrance and er, an intro and nobody popped. Thank you. I, was that, I, I liked it. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, uh, this. I guess this week we're going to have EC3 on. Ethan Carter the third. That's right. And uh, I knew him from his days in, uh, before it was NXT, it was uh, FCW. Oh, yeah? Back yes. When he was Derek Bateman? That's right. And I, and I, he, I, all of a sudden he was gone, and then, you know, he ends up in... Transformed. Yeah. Repackaged. And they, and they did. Anyways, we'll get into that later yes. when we talk to him. And we're going to be talking about uh, Impact Slammiversary. They're big, Coming they're, up on July second, anniversary fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yes, but it's the first. It's the first pay per view under the new ownership of uh, Anthem. Anthem. Yes, it should be interesting. So yeah, and it's in the Impact Zone, which is also interesting. We'll talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Same old, same old when it comes to that. Nah. Not well, a fan. I think they should travel for those kinds. Yeah, of but you know what? Though we also you got to understand it's expensive as mm-hmm. hell. I mean, even for the soundstage there, at Universal. Really? Yeah, but I mean, to try to take that on the road, the TV production on the road, it's just very, very costly. So, um, anyways, joining us as always to my left, TK Trinidad, the beautiful TK Trinidad. Hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Jimbo, who's on the couch next to you today? Next to us on the couch, we got Denise. Hey, guys. I'm so excited to be on. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about you about me i'm a huge not too much i like oh, i know i'm gonna go on a tangent <laughs> now <laughs> with, with huge, brevity huge wrestling fan and i'm super excited to be on today and i cannot wait to talk to ec3 as well oh yeah okay. yeah i'm yes. ready to go man see what you got <laughs> my fans will rip you apart no. if you don't bring it oh Please my <laughs> no pressure <laughs> no pressure just gonna sit here and cry now no it's all right uh, <laughs> anyways <laughs> Mark, what's going on up there in the booth? Oh, you're popping me pretty hard in here, dude. Uh, yeah, it, it's great to be back. You had a great show last week, and it'll be a great show this week, too. And I'm not just saying that. Why not? <laughs> not, not just cause, not just because you pay me. Um, no, I, I, I love I love this group. Uh, let, let's let's talk about some happenings. How are you doing, man? Nobody's asking the real questions. How are you? 
Right, because that's what people really that's care about. That's what people right? want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Hard-hitting stuff here on oh, Xbox One Two Three Sixty. I had a good weekend. Well, part, I mean, it was good in that I went and, you know, wrestled in front of, uh, I performed in front of an audience, which is always, always uh, satisfying. For Fighting Evolution Wrestling in Florida. That's right. And, uh, and it was great to see. Uh, I've always been a fan of the Pope. Really? Yes. Always been a fan of his. I thought that TNA was on the right track with doing something with him. You know, I thought that they should have made him their, their you know, marquee guy at one point. And it looks like they were. They looked like they were doing it, and then they just dropped the ball. Um, and uh, and he was just a guy that I thought, um, even though he had been in WWE, uh, I just thought that it was a chance for them to create their own star. With Another him. repackaging. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, like they did with our guest later today, EC3, which they did a great job with him. Uh, so you're a big fan of the Pope character. Uh, that and just the, and the human being behind it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's just he puts a lot into his into his act. I, I really enjoyed him when he was uh, Elijah Burke, yeah, the silver tongue futurist or whatever he was called, and he would come out and cut the promo and he brought the towel. I wasn't too big on the Pope though. I liked it. I did. I, I, just I didn't understand it. I guess. Yeah, I, but I I don't feel like I always have to understand something, you know, to know it's whether it's cool or not. <laughs> the, um, a lot of cool things wouldn't have happened. Uh, in wrestling, if people that, if, if they didn't if they didn't let something go that they they, they didn't, didn't get understand yeah, throw it uh, at the wall and see if it sticks. Yeah, and so uh, so who was there? We had ODB was there. That's awesome. Yeah, she How's was she there. She's same as always, always doing great. Uh, and we worked with the headbangers. The headbangers. Yes. That is awesome. They look exactly the same as they did when yeah. I watched them on Raw. You know, and I've known those guys, especially Glenn. I I know you know I was eighteen nineteen years that's old. The Thrasher, right? Yeah. Okay. The bigger, the taller one. Yeah. The taller one that's in not as good a shape. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh, Glad. Shade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Chaz looks almost exactly the same. Yeah, they that's both different. Pretty much look exactly the same. Maybe yeah. a little heavier, but still, yeah, exactly the same. It's called the adult weight. The adult weight. Yes. Mm, yeah. Dad bod. <laughs> but. Uh, the bitch about it was I got to the airport and I got there in time, as, you know, as you're supposed to get there an hour, hour and a half beforehand, and it wasn't good enough. So leaving I, LA to go to Florida? no, leaving leaving Fort Florida Lauderdale to come back, back here. Okay. Yeah, six a.m. I was at the airport and I didn't leave Fort Lauderdale till nine thirty at night. What? Yeah, what? it was awful. I don't like being in airports, period, let alone for, you know. So, what, missed the flight, the technical issues, the uh, technical stuff? Uh, JetBlue needs to hire more people. <laughs> Bottom line, like right, when, you right. have, when you have a situation like that every day and it's backed up like that and people are missing flights and you're having to reschedule oh, them, hire more people. Jet, the airline industry is making record profits. Hire more people. Quit being so greedy. We're have some cut. Like, oh, I want to get. I, Go into the I got into plane. a beef on the plane on the way back once I finally got on there over over Lula. Oh yeah, why they wouldn't? Oh yeah, they didn't no. Want it was, you to bring her on board. Well, no, it wasn't that. It was like they made me put her under under the seat in the in the carrier the whole time, and 
because I have a service dog yeah. uh, thing for her, but it wasn't on the reservation. And they were just being dicks because I was kind of a... I handled something not the... I could have been a little bit better in how I handled them trying to put me in a middle seat. Uh, yeah. yeah, I paid for an aisle seat. Right. I don't sit in a window I or a middle seat. I don't. Oh, those are the just worst. not happening. Yeah. Not, Especially when you've been at the airport. Yeah, that's yeah. ten hours. Yes. When you weren't supposed. And to I be paid in. for a, an aisle seat. Yeah. And no leg room, and now you can't even move those elbows. Oh gosh, it's so and bad. Then, Okay, and I could, I know some people that don't travel that much are probably going, oh. No, aisles crying. are terrible. It's the worst thing ever. So, Especially uh, for tall people, right, TK? <laughs> yes. It's just awful. It's just awful. God awful. Yeah, so anyways. Do you worry when you're stuck in airports like that of possible relapse situations? You mean, what, what do you mean relapse? Well, like, like, like oh, man, I can't sit here. I'm going to go to the bar. Kind no, because no. if I want to go to the bar and have a beer, I'll go have a beer. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not that's it's not a not, relapse for oh, me. Okay. You know, I know some. I know there's some. Like when we interviewed Road Dog last week, he talks about a, being stuck in the airport and how Twitter saves him from going to the that bars. and and like you I know, know if you're in the same boat. and some people that like are are white knuckling it day to day and like are their big thing is alcohol. Yeah, I can totally get that. It's just I, that's not me. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I'm not that drug addict person like uh that's not that's not how it works for me and i know there's some people like especially like traditional 12-step people that mm-hmm. are rolling their eyes right now or whatever and you know that's fine roll roll your eyes all you want my life like things are yeah you're recovering your own recovery. i have a really good recovery program going yeah. for myself and i don't really i don't care if you, you don't agree with it works with, you <laughs> yeah find what works for you. so um yeah anyways i but you know, if that works for them, good for them. My deal works very good yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering because that's a long time for anyone to be it stuck is. in an oh, yeah. airport, yeah. especially you know someone who gets anxious like you, and you have the dog to take care of, and then you're worried like I can need to take Lou out because she needs to be walked. Uh, uh, you know what? Situation. She she keeps me calm. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I'm a lot calmer with her there. It's, Little baby, living. she did not like that Florida heat. Ugh, yuck. That humidity. How did her surgery go? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got her to the when, you know, um, you know, they use her in a puppy mill, and so, uh, you know, and she has a C-section scar and everything oh, already, okay. and so when I brought her in for her surgery to get the tumor removed from her little booby, um, you know, the doc was like, "Well, she's lactating, and that's that's really strange," and. So she hadn't been spayed, and he went in and ended up having to, you know, Sweet. take her uterus out because it was extremely infected, and she would have been dead in a couple of weeks. Oh, oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah. wow! Yeah. So that worked out for the best. Yeah. Thing. Holy cow! No, it did set me back a couple thousand dollars, but. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? On well, the bright side, she's okay. That yeah. is a tough yeah. cookie right yeah. there. She went through so much and like. That short amount of time, that's insane. And yeah. then she was on the airplane the next day. So what a fun. trooper. Yeah. <laughs> Gangster Lou. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, you know, we were going to talk about a couple of stories here. Um, I guess we could talk about them real quick. You ready for some X-Pac yeah. news? Break it down! X-Pac 12360 Wrestling News. 
All right, a WWE star has been cleared for in-ring action. So Dash Wilder has been cleared by doctors to return to the ring. Uh, he had a, fra- a fractured jaw in April from an NXT event. Um, so there, he's set to come back in a few weeks. That's just aw- I mean, ugh. I've had a, I've had, I don't know if my jaw was actually broken because I never went to the hospital <laughs> when I was younger. But it hurt a lot. And I don't think it was because I didn't have to have my jaw wired shut or whatever. So, And I know how awful it was. So this broken jaw thing with Dash Wilder. I haven't heard of anyone having a serious broken jaw like that in a long time. Wired yeah, shut. Right? That's bad. Brutal. That's like, to me, like, give me a broken anything besides a broken jaw. And I want to be able to eat. So, yeah, yeah. That affects yeah. everything because then you can't eat and then your diet screwed up. Can't run your it. mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Protein shakes all day. Oh, yeah. That's what Twitter's for, then. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I worry that he comes back too soon, and like a punch drunk situation where all it takes is like a little tap, and then you're out. Hmm. Like if he just gets hit wrong, and then he's back on the shelf for a while, right. and then yeah. the tag teams back off TV for a while, which always yeah, but- is bad. Being in a tag team. That's those things. You, you know what? We can't worry about those things because if they happen, they happen, and you can't go in the ring tiptoeing around, being careful about certain things because then you get hurt worse. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you ever like see somebody gun shy when they're coming back from an injury, not a good thing. Not at all. I was. I never did. Once I got in the ring, I was. I was fine. You know. You just I left. Put it out of your mind. That's right. It would, coming back from the neck surgery and everything. I mean, not in a WWE situation, but maybe on indies or something. When if you were to go in the locker room and be like, "Hey, man, don't do this to me," right? That's like open game to be like, "Okay, do that to them." Yeah, well, you I mean, when you're younger, yeah. I mean, when I'd say it now, like they, you know, they that's listen. that's what you know, that's how it goes. But I'm not, you know, I'm at a different point in my career, obviously. So but I figured too with training, like. He hopefully because his mouth was wired shut, so there's obviously he might have lacked certain nutrition and stuff like that. That he's able to train, get the food back, and like train to kind of get not be in that position, right? Like I'm hoping that I, I I highly doubt that would happen. I'm hoping they're just not going to throw him. Like okay, you're good. You're back on wrong. You're back on. Nah, they don't do things like yeah. that. Not anymore. Well, I think if he has like the right mentality, like you said, mentality has a lot to do when you get any sort of injury. He comes back, you know, hopefully they don't have like a missed tab, especially right now, you know, if they cleared him, that's a good thing since they're taking a little bit longer time to clear wrestlers right now. Mm-hmm. So I think I just I'm so glad that he's cleared because I want to see the revival back and I want to see them get pushed again. I don't want to see them just like flounder around. So I hope that like, this is for the better, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, I think they'll be fine. I, 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 you know, sometimes, you know, I've told you about Randy Savage's quote, like, never take yourself out, out of the, the game. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, those types of things happen where you get taken, that injury takes you out of the game, and there's nothing you can do about it. But so I how, think, do you, how do you make sure you're still on the radar? You can't. It's just by... It's, that's a good question, Jimbo. Well, they did have him back on TV uh, with Scott Dawson a couple of weeks before he was cleared. He yeah. appeared in the back. People thought he attacked Enzo, and then they did a promo where he showed uh, his mouth shut, wired like shut. wired oh, shut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I thought I saw him as a part of the pull apart between Joe and 
uh, Brock on Monday, so it's just uh, yeah, maybe near the back. It's like a whole bunch. Of oh, that that being a part, being one of the wrestlers, like one of the pull uh, apart guys. Yeah, that's that's the worst. Yeah. That's so JoJo Jabroni. Like, oh, uh, you it's you feel so J-Broned out. Like when you go out there and are in a pull apart with other guys. Like, the oh, run out God. is really cool though. But then when you get to the pull apart, I'm like, eh. Which is That's great, but it's not cool for the individual like that feels J-Broned out. Yeah. You know, because hey, I guarantee you, back in the day, you wouldn't see Rock coming out or Taker or certain guys coming out. But we didn't. We go, no, hell no, we're not. We're not going to be in that pull apart no way that's for the lower card guys it, that yeah because then that gets them yes. on tv mm-hmm. and people yes. are seeing them more yes like, kurt hawkins definitely should have been in the pull apart yes he was, was front and center yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah yep so oh. anyways i let's go take a real quick well no we got yeah, one more story. sorry no, no worries <laughs> no worries tk uh. <laughs> This is actually really, really good news. Lucha, Lucha Underground stars, they get engaged. Um, so, Johnny, Johnny Mundo, Mundo and Taya... Valkyrie. Taya Valkyrie, thank you. Um, they posted a picture up yesterday, and it was, like, so, like, cute. It went um, all over the place. They posted it up on Insta- Instagram, so a lot of folks picked it up, and, I mean, I love it. It's, like... They are the cutest. They are. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay. You know, I... Um, that's not my deal right now. I'm like not looking for a relationship, not even close. But when I see two people like that, like that makes you feel so good. Well, so good. And plus, he's such a super, super good guy. Yeah. You know? I mean, come on. Just you from, can tell. Yeah, from hanging out with him here, he's yes. amazing. And you know Taya from when you were in Mexico. I, we, 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 we didn't, we crossed paths a little bit. A little bit. And, uh, uh, she stayed. In, she lived in my room when I left. That was what happened. That's how we. That's how our connection yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, but what a beautiful lady, and and um, she's such a sweet lady. Yeah. I think sweet. this is great for both of them. Yeah. Really curious to see if this plays out into season four of Lucha Underground, and they're going to have like a wedding at the temple, and how that's going to work. Because oh, I think yeah. that'll just be great TV. I, I honestly, first of all, going back to the picture, I love the way he's looking at her, though. Did we all notice that? He's looking at her like, he's like, oh, do you see that? It's so happy. Like, I was reading his yeah. eyes on yeah. that. I loved it so much. <laughs> and, and the filter. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> like, honestly, I think they're both, like, such great people. You know, I've talked to them separate on separate occasions, and they're both super cool. I'm so happy for them. This is one of the first proposals of, like, celebrities where I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. You know, this is happening. And then there was... Um, I think last week, correct me if I'm wrong, on uh, Lucha Underground, I think they had their first, like, on-screen kiss. Yes. So was this, like, a, like, what was happening there? Was this, like, a pre-foreshadowing oh, like, or could something? Could you imagine if Johnny was planning this to be, to line up with that appearance, and then okay. they found out about the long hiatus of Lucha Underground? Oh, <laughs> man. Damn wow. it, I have to He's wait even further. He's been sitting on that ring for months. <laughs> Seriously. That'd be hilarious. What happened like, with the long hiatus? No, because they took a break. Oh, you mean the, like la- the, the last time? The, yeah, yeah, the well, mid-season like, break yeah, yeah. for season season three. Break, yeah. Mark saying, like, if he was ready to propose right then, and then they took this, oh. like, four-month mm. break, so he just had to wait for this episode oh, to air. Oh, gosh. That'd be great. So, and I wonder how Boone's doing, because what a good Boone movie. Boone is killing it. Yeah, right? Uh, Walmart sold out. They had to order another uh, set They're of going DVDs. into a second printing of, of Boone so that it can sell more. Nice. Nice, and you yeah, know what? So he great. deserves it so much because... 
God, he put everything into that. He went all in on it and, I mean, sold the house. Yeah, put his money where his mouth yes. was. He really did. Yeah, and made a hell of a movie. It, it's really It's great. really good. It's I would excellent. suggest checking it out. Yeah. Go buy it at Walmart. I bought it. I bought it off of YouTube. Oh, yeah, you bought the, the, yep. the VOD? That's right. Yeah, I rented it because I want the actual copy. So I rented that one and then I'm going to go buy it at Walmart. Huh. But... Did Definitely you see it yet, it TK? I have not seen I it. Would, I, I would watch it. And even if you don't finish it, like, what you do see is entertaining. Like, um, and you can watch it in stages and, if and you have to. And not to spoil it, but they set it up for a two. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, well, yeah. so why don't we do a Get High Watch Wrestling with uh, Get High Watch Boone? That'd be dope. <laughs> okay. I, like, I like that. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. All right, that's been it for your X-Pac 12360 News. Follow us on AfterBuzz TV, AfterBuzz TV on uh, Twitter as well. The Real X-Pac, the Real X-Pac on Twitter, IG X-Pac 12360, Facebook X-Pac 12360 Show. And then also iTunes, if you're listening to us on iTunes, give us five stars or better. I think there's only five stars, so just give us five stars. Nothing below. We don't accept that any of that. And any uh, events or anything, Jimbo? Okay, so... Uh, June 29th, Get High Watch Wrestling returns, but at a different venue. So you're going to want to go to ronfunches.com to get your tickets and find out that. And then also... It's the Largo. The Largo. Yeah. It's still on Fairfax, but it's... No, it's the Largo on on, uh, La Cienega. Okay. Yeah. I I have a feeling they're in the same area, but one's a little further down. And then uh, July 8th, uh, Sean has an appearance at the Wrestling Guys store. So go um, to therewrestlingguy.com for tickets or on Twitter at WrestlingGuyHP. I'm in Houston on July 9th as well, but I don't have that down in my... Oh, wow. Yeah. And shirts. Shirts, Pro Wrestling Tees slash Sean X-Pac Waltman? I think it's just Sean Sean Waltman. Waltman. I think. That's (laughs) awful. I don't even know. You know, know, people ask me sometimes... uh, you know, on Twitter. Well, what if I don't have iTunes? How do I listen if I don't have iTunes? How do we do that, Jimbo? You watch it on YouTube. No. Yeah. Watch it on YouTube. There's also the Stitcher app and yes. SoundCloud. And SoundCloud? Yeah. Is so that the only two? Uh, in Acast? Yes. And, but the, the, those are our ways to, to get it on non-iTunes platforms. But isn't it, can't you just go on any of those and then and do a search and find it, us? It's a little bit different. Apple has, has made it so that podcasting and and Apple are kind of synonymous, but uh, there there are ways to do it. There, we're on we're on most of the podcast apps that you can get on Android or, or any other service okay. you have. Yeah, SoundCloud. Um, you can get it an app on your phone and everywhere else, and you can download it too. So if you don't have Wi-Fi, you can download it to your phone and then listen to it as well. So. Cool. Well, we're gonna take a break right now. When we come back, we'll have EC3 to talk about Slammiversary. What's up, party people? Roxy Stryer here from The Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro. We're your twice-weekly broadcast of One Man's Midlife Crisis and the mad millennials in Star Trek uniforms that follow him. And I'm one of those millennials, Lauren Legrasso here. We've had some amazing guests like Russell Simmons, Ileana Douglas, and Craig Gass. Coolio, right? Christian Blatt in the house to tell you to go to thetomorrowshow.com to check us out. We're live every Monday and Thursday from 10 to midnight Eastern. That's thetomorrowshow.com. Be there, be square, whatever that means. He has been wrestling for over 15 years with appearances in OVW, NXT, and WWE. He's won the TNA Heavyweight Championship two times, and he's currently signed to Impact Wrestling. Please welcome EC3. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man. What's up, X-Pac? How's it going? I'm fantastic, (laughs) man. (laughs) 
Hey, I thought uh, before we even get started, I got to break the ice. I got to I got to come clean with you. If that's okay, if I can have a minute, please. Yeah. All right. So, I think the year was probably 2000. I was about 16 years old. I was uh, front row for a SmackDown taping. Um, I brought a poster board in, and on one side, I, I think I shadily wrote like the Rock rules. Yeah. So I can get it in, but I secretly brought a bunch of markers with me. Yeah. And uh, I was 16. So, and, you know, I'm 34 now, and it's actually the exact same, because I think dicks are hilarious. So I, <laughs> I drew a gigantic, just male phallus, just nuts and bolts, the whole nine yards, vein, everything, hair, just like, yeah. it was pretty, you know, pretty artistic. It's like say, oh, well, you know, I was sitting there in the stands, and then when you came out, I uh, yelled, hey, X-Pac, and you had a tag match, and you were on the corner, and you looked over at me, and you said, what? Yeah. And then I showed you the big old, you know, <laughs> hog the dog yeah. what and happened then, uh, you 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 laughed actually. okay <laughs> i was gonna say i must have i must have busted out laughing <laughs> yeah so i saved that for you and now that that's off my chest we can uh commence talking wrestling. hey did you get did you get kicked out over it or did you were you I, able to hide the sign again i just got a, a reprimand uh, and the sign taken from me which is come on perfect. man that like back in back in that era like that was Maybe just a little bit above, like what was okay. What was okay at that best? <laughs> Come on, man. It, there was some pretty, pretty raunchy signs, man, in the crowd back were, then. I think the the full on visual of it kind of made it not okay. But yeah. I mean, if there was more innuendo, perhaps I would have gotten away with it. But it was it was basic and you know plain to see. So. Yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> did we ever meet uh, before FCW when you were in Independence? I don't believe we have. No. So you remember, I, I remember uh, my first memory of meeting you was when I finally came back from Mexico, um, uh, and you guys were in FCW, it was still called FCW at the time, and and uh, that's that was my first time, uh, first time meeting you, right? Yeah, I believe so. I believe you were there uh, watching some uh, talent work, some matches with uh, Paul, as yeah. I recall. Yeah, it was Triple H, myself, and, and Undertaker came, and uh, and everyone just kind of got in the ring. You remember that? And just, like, people worked out, and it was kind of crazy, actually. Yeah, it was pretty intense. And then if I, re I remember we did, like, kind of a basic wrestling show. Right. And I was I was one of the last matches, and I think I worked with Roman. And uh, if I recall that, too, I had a my face was on a chair from being uh, an extra on like a photo shoot with Triple H yeah. where we were in a prison. So, you know, everybody else did basic whatever they could, you know, try not to step on toes. And I made a big elaborate entrance holding the chair with my face on it, even though it, had, it was, you know, Triple H was the focus and right. ha ha ha, what a creative guy. But then we worked <laughs> the match and it was whatever. And uh, I believe you commended me on a good effort and some funny stuff. So, yeah, I'm sure I did because I was, I, I was a fan of yours um, at that time time and then all of a sudden you were gone yeah well you know life happens well was this the <laughs> yeah. same uh situation where you saw aj and you were like you guys need to take a look at AJ? yeah that was the same time like when that that particular time we were talking about there um uh now ec3 is just too many syllables for me to say every time i uh, address you man <laughs> you could you could drop e? a solid e or a solid three i'm like i might i'll go with the e I go with the E, because Eric Bischoff's easy E, so yeah. you can just be E. Oh, well, yeah, no, that that was the same time, and and like there were certain people that like nobody was really 
um, paying attention to there that ended up being stars. You know? Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes that happens, and sometimes, sometimes it's not a bad thing to have that kind of, you know, the feel of neglect or unappreciative to kind of inspire you to work harder and do better. And, you know, when you find the right time to showcase your skills, you know, if you stay in the game long enough, you're going to get that opportunity. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't for me at that moment, but it did tend to work out, so I can't complain. Yeah, well, it. Go ahead, go well, ahead, Jimbo. You always say you have an eye for talent. Yes. So seeing E there, where you like this guy's got something, and then you like you said he just was gone, and where you like where did he go? This guy had potential. Why is he gone? Yeah, and then um, well, tell us tell us about that. Tell us about that. Uh, if, if I recall, like uh, at that time, I was in between NXT when it was a game show, and right. no one cared about it. And FCW, that was awful, so by I mean, the way. I'm sorry, that was <laughs> awful concept. But going back and watching it now is really entertaining. Yeah, but for the wrong reasons, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah, it's like you know, Point watching taken. freaking Lifetime movie. You know, you're not really <laughs> right. it, but you're, gonna, you're gonna laugh at the end. <laughs> uh, but I think. Uh, I was doing all right then. I was kind of in that in-between spot on the road and in developmental. Um, I got hurt on the road. I believe it was a Saturday night's main event match with Cesaro, and I kind of I kind of got hurt. I was already lost, so when I rehabbed and had surgery, I was like, well, I'm going to go back to developmental yeah. to at least hone my skills or do, do whatever, get myself back on the radar. And uh, instead, I got fired. But... Mm okay you know because the lessons learned and uh inspired me and it made me work harder and uh and tell me opportunity elsewhere and tell me how long it took between that uh that uh firing i mean do you, was that what would you consider it being fired yeah 100 percent. Okay. i mean i it's it's hard to say our professional wrestlers actually fired or per our independent contracts. Exactly, right. I think I think maybe years. we're splitting hairs here, aren't we? <laughs> or I yeah. am. If we're going to yeah. get the beakers out and do some science based on right. But, I mean, d- deep down, yeah, I was fired, and it's okay to say that because you're allowed to fail, right? You know? That yeah, I, would, I don't know if I would consider that a failure, though, on your part, man. I, I, and and I'm, I'm pretty honest about it. Like, I tell you if I thought it was. Um, yeah. How much time in between, uh, in between that and when you ended up uh, working for TNA. You know, it's funny because, like, at the time where I realized in developmental what I was doing was not working, I was right. contemplating a big drastic change. Look change, work change, promo change, like the whole nine yards as far as what EC3 actually became. So I cut off my, you know, crazy, goofy, long hair. It still looks good on you, never looked good on me. <laughs> but I uh, chopped that off and I had this new look and idea kind of planned out, but uh, as soon as I cut my hair, you know, it was. I was already on the, the block, so it ended for me. I wasn't technically fired, but uh, between that and, like, my three months. Oh, for your, not, your non-compete clause? Yeah, for yeah. three months, you know, I did a couple indies, and I just kind of was wondering about life. Is this the right thing for me? And I said, you know what? No one's going to dictate my life. This is what I want to do. I'm going to do it. And I was very yeah. fortunate because uh, – TNA had a, a little bit of a new management, and somebody from WWE saw something in me, and then the second that three months was up, I was starting there with a new character that kind of, when they brought me into trial for TNA, I brought them this idea, and they actually had the idea for Dixie's nephew as well, yes. so it was like just a compilation of our idea together, and boom, we're off to the race. 
So in TNA, you've had uh, Dixie as your boss, you've had Billy Corgan as your boss, and now you have Dutch Mantel as your boss? Is Dutch the boss, or is he or, just the, the pencil Jeff. man, you know, that I would consider? I've had a lot of bosses. <laughs> <laughs> How have each of them been different, and what has the experience been in TNA since you've been there? And coming in with a character like that, where you knew you were going to be a marquee guy. Instead of like most WWE guys that come over to yeah. TNA, where they're like, "Hey, remember this guy from over there?" You were yeah. totally clean slated. Yeah, well, to the I, point. To the point. I don't mean to interrupt the uh, what you're saying, Jimbo, but to the point e, where I didn't recognize you at first. Like I knew, I knew who you, I knew, I knew you from somewhere, but I didn't put two and two together. That and that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, yes. Two two plus two equals three. AKA EC3, I guess. But uh, <laughs> no, it was a it was a, definitely a benefit for me to not have any sort of like legitimate WWE run to come over and launch a new character because they wanted to build their own people as opposed to former names always. So like right place, right time for me in that ret- retrospect. And I think of all the people uh, that they've tried to. To you know, um, as far as home, kind of what you would consider homegrown talent, like I think they did the best job with you. Definitely, I really yeah, well, did. Oh, I think you all did the best. I think, and and you too, what you brought to the table. It's just I think they didn't drop the ball on that one. Well, yeah, I, think, I think I think they also had the best guy for sure. Gun. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but I mean it's okay. It's okay to say that, man, because you you really brought it. Uh, you really brought it to the table on that, man. And and I bought you as a world champion. And I think the EC3 character was so much different than other homegrown talent like an AJ Styles, right. whose performance was his whole thing. He wasn't good on the mic, and he wasn't a character, and he wasn't that entertaining. It was you want to see him wrestle and do cool stuff. Yeah. Whereas yeah. EC3 was on the mic, and you're like, anytime he gets the mic, it's going to be entertaining. What's he yeah? Gonna you do? didn't you didn't even want to see EC3 wrestle. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> How did you no, feel that, when they first told you that you were going to come in and play uh, Dixie Carter's nephew? What was that like for you? It was interesting in the aspect, I mean, anybody in the industry can be, when somebody has an idea for you and uh, they're like, hey, we got this idea, uh, deep down in your gut, you're like, this is going to suck and you're super nervous <laughs> yeah. and you know, you know it's going to be awful and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be the axe man and I'm going to have like, like a lumberjack outfit and it's just going to come out the back it's going to suck that's a wrestler but, uh, in uh, WXW in Germany <laughs> oh, well, they have it <laughs> legit name but, uh, they kind of pitched that idea for me and then you know the second I was hearing it my ideas started rolling I was like this is actually really good and yeah. I can make this work so especially again, when you're connected to the person that owns the company mm-hmm. that's that always a good hurt thing as well. yeah yeah. So were you worried when Dixie was no longer associated with the company that that would alter your character? Uh, not at all, just because I think by the time, even at the end of uh, her ownership of the company, the character kind of got away from solely being based on the the lineage or the family name or the nepotism, and it, it kind of developed on its own to you know what it is today, hopefully. From so, being like Ethan Carter the third to EC3. Yeah, you know, you... Because, I mean, if EC3 has too many syllables, that whole name, Jesus, it's at least eight. <laughs> no, it's not too many syllables, but it's just too many syllables every time I, he every time you, you, yeah, that's all. 
You know, we talked about when you were, you know, you were first starting off, you know, Ethan Carter, and then you went from like a star to a superstar, somebody that was built in TNA. Do you think that your uh, hair versus hair match with Rockstar Spud um, was, you know, that moment for you where you transitioned from star to superstar? Yeah, and I think it was designed to kind of be like that. Fortunately, in the early TNA run for E, C3, I had a, <laughs> I had a like it was a it was a nice slow build, and it wasn't. Uh, we're gonna make him star right away by throwing him in the, the main angles. It kind of developed on the beginning of the show and the undercard and through the mid card, and kind of worked its way up. Even even though I was working with guys like Sting and Bully. But eventually, angle. But I do, I do think the angle with Spud and I that culminated in hair versus hair was kind of the the next step process because that's an angle that we, you know, we're both fairly young in the industry and we were new and we were not legitimate names at the time. And Rockstar Spud will never be a legitimate name. Let's just say that. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. I, I hate to love that guy. Right? I hate that guy. But uh, so, was, we, we were able to carry that angle. Like, and we did a lot of it based on our own kind of intuition and uh, thought process on how it should work. I mean, we didn't dictate the results or anything, but we put a lot of that into ourselves. And uh, he did me a great favor. And, you know, I think it did help me launch to go to Kurt and become, you know, capable of being a world champion for the company. Well, it seemed like you really helped Spud as well, because until he was working with you, he was kind of still doing that rock star character and then once he started working with you he got the jackets and the bow ties yeah. and really became his own and it was he, really entertaining he completely invested in himself and you know that's a mark of a true professional and uh before even walking into tna or meeting spud i remember watching him on an episode of tna and saying i hate this freaking guy this guy is a complete piece of like Expletive. I couldn't stand him just watching about TV. So then I knew he was a great heel because even I, in a jaded sense, watching from the industry standard, was like, I hate this dude. And then uh, we got together and they were putting this angle together and uh, we kind of became very close and uh, our business ideas match up. And I think a lot of it has to do, we spent a lot of time in OBW with Rip Rogers and I think that's what yeah. made us gel pretty quickly. And then, you know, now he's kayfabe, really close friend in a sense even though I shaved his head and made him bloody in front of his mom and dad oh, that was terrible. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's money though like uh, and and the stuff you guys did there was magic to that that like okay they they don't have to put that like they they can like not write that at the top you know the main part of the show or, or you know the main segment but it still ends up being the main one to me you know because yeah, everyone's talking about it yeah. and how entertaining it was especially with uh, you're in his hunt for Willow kind of was the precursor to uh, Apocalypto and the whole broken universe, really. Yeah, like we really set the bar to get, get weird in wrestling, I guess. But uh, that match, I think it, the best part about it is that it took place in his uh, hometown. Like, it took place in London, and that's where we had, like, a very hot territory at the time, and we had great crowds there. And uh, even before, because we took some time off, because we were in one of those many times where we're in between TV deals and the future speculative, I tore my biceps, so I had to have surgery. And uh, it was like a four-month recovery process, but I knew the angle had to culminate 
in the UK. So it was like seven weeks after I had surgery. I did everything I could to make sure I we did that match and we did it there. And uh, I'm very grateful TNA let me do that because I knew that was going to be a star-making moment. And then after that, the next time I'd be doing TV, I'd probably be completely healthy. So. How did you know, it go? I, I uh, a risk, but did did it? Uh, did you did you make it through without without any mishaps, without any uh, without re-injuring it? Yeah. So it's nice. fortunately it all it all worked out. Because I was talking to, I was talking to to these guys earlier about uh, being gun shy when you come back from an injury and how that can actually like so many people I know, man, um, uh, ended up getting hurt just because they were gun shy going back in the ring. Yeah, I think it was a. I mean, if you watch the match back, it's not gonna, you're not going to look at it as a, a masterpiece of clinical precision. What we had and what I think you know, a lot of wrestling lacks today is we just had a great story and we told that story. And that was, you know, and the crowd was that's what made it special. And the crowd was invested in it. Like, I mean, they yeah. were, they had, there was emotional investment in that, you know. Um, go ahead, Jimbo. Well, Sorry. Was this your, like, second big injury because you tore your ACL? And then you try to uh, uh, Who knows by that point? Uh, that was probably, well, I had four knee surgeries prior to that. That was just through a lifetime of bad wrestling decisions. But that was probably my fifth surgery. So I was used to coming back from injuries. But uh, it, it definitely wasn't my, it was probably, I would say it was my third biggest one. Did it affect your physique at all and getting in the gym? Because you're, you're really a, body guy. I, so. yeah, well, <laughs> yes. very I like to I like to consider myself a body guy who can work and talk and is a bumping heel. Yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely I definitely like that body. Uh yeah, I looked like shit compared to what I look like now, but that's because I I mean I worked out as much as I could with one arm and did a bunch of cardio, but you know, it's like I wouldn't put myself on uh, the Olympia Olympia stage for that match, but I didn't look terrible. Yeah. I had a giant arm brace on there too, so Oh, at least I was covered up. Jeez. Oh man. So, other than Spud, uh, Tyrus was another person that you worked with a lot in TNA. What was it from going against him, like competing against him as NXT, uh, as part of the like rookie challenge, to then having him be your bodyguard in TNA? Uh, it's from an in-ring perspective, it's very funny because in WWE he kicked the living crap out of me, but in TNA, all of a sudden he was my my heavy and I ordered him around so that was you know it's funny going full circle but uh prior to that I mean we've worked in FCW for so long we developed a kinship and a friendship and we've been through up and down the roads together and through thick and thin so working with him was great because you know he's he's been around it and he loves what he does to an extent and uh yeah it was just like old times pretty much because we had a lot of a lot of good developmental rapport that we can work with so who else did you have that rapport with because it didn't seem like you and daniel bryan had great chemistry together where did that all come from i think because we're both huge dorks (laughs) (laughs) because we we, we definitely had different paths and he didn't go through the the system per se as we did i think uh when we started on nxc there was no no pressure because it wasn't even on tv anymore it was just on the internet i mean i think they had international tv but there's no pressure and there wasn't you know a lot of eyes on that that are going to scrutinize it so he just wanted to come have fun and uh i thought i would stand out by being fun to be around and goofy and weird so it kind of worked out pretty well so how much of that was 
Or is it literally like, here, you guys, you have time, go do what you want? Or did they have guidelines for you or things that they wanted you to get across? If I remember, like, a lot of those promos and stuff were hatched by us, but they just had, they set the scenario and what they wanted out of it. And then we kind of pretty much put together our little thing and then they filmed it and they were like, eh, it'll work. Yeah, sure. Like, I believe, uh, like, submission wrestling we just came up with because... Well, we got this idea where Dana Bryan's teaching submissions on this mat, and uh, we don't know how it ends, so figure it out. So, uh. <laughs> it out. like, we hey, we got this idea where we were backstage, and uh, you know, we don't really know how it ends, but figure it out. Well, how about uh, an American flag just descends from the rafters for no reason, and Dana Bryan's confused? Yeah, all right, fine. See, I wish they would do that with like the regular shows. Like, hey, we don't know how it's going to end, but here, figure it out. Thank yeah, you. you feel, I, let me I figure like, that out. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like SmackDown is kind of like that now. It seems like it's a great show, and it seems relaxed and laid back, and it seems like the talent has a little more, like the Fashion Files, it seems a collaborative effort with creative and oh, talent. Yeah. Yeah. I can't be I can't be totally wrong. But then, hey, we're going to go on a double date with the Bellas. How is it going to end? <laughs> well, I should probably get upset and flip the table over, don't you think? Well, you know, yeah, hey, right, work. hey we, had, uh, we had Road Dog on last week, and... Um, and uh, you know, you know, Vince. He just he doesn't even show up to SmackDown most of the time. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. He just lets Road Dog and, and all the writers and everyone handle handle the show. And I think that's honestly, you know, people are a little bit more relaxed, and and I think better things have come out of it. Yeah, I think just the show flows, and it seems like everybody has a spot and a reason to be there, and it's not like fodder. And I thoroughly enjoy watching that every Tuesday. So. You know, and uh, tell Road Dog I said what's up. Absolutely. So, so in that in that Bella dinner, was it like you guys are going to have dinner and then you do the rest? So you were like, oh, spill something on my American flag Zubas and I'll freak out and throw the table. Yeah. And I, even yeah, Nikki and Bree were very full of ideas with it too because the whole gist of it was they were both into Daniel Bryan and I was the third wheel that was just a freaking train wreck and an idiot. So uh, I believe Nikki really was like persistent on shoving a bread roll in my mouth. <laughs> and then I was like, that's fine. You know, we were very give and take. I was like, that's fine, but I'm going to throw a bag of change at you to pay for the bill. <laughs> I was going to ask, whose idea was that? <laughs> that was mine because my friend in college did that once, and I just stole it from him. Like, he had a bag of change in a fanny pack, and like he got mad and threw it at a bartender once, and he was a, you know, he was a drunken fool. And it was hilarious to me, so I just... That's insane. <laughs> I have weird friends. Prior to college, uh, I heard a story. Did you really work at Build-A-Bear before you were a wrestler? I, no. No. Okay. What? I was like, I heard, <laughs> you know. I heard a story. I was like, I wonder if this is true or not. Now we know. Oh it's official. Well, now we know. It's not. <laughs> what, going... is, is, that, is it on my Wikipedia? Because that's No, I think it was just like an interview you had. You might have just been goofing around saying stuff. Maybe. But I was like, is that for real? And then I pictured you at Build-A-Bear, how it would be. <laughs> well, going back to, obviously, you know, you were handled different in WWE than you are now on Impact. Um, is there anything, though, that you took away from WWE to apply to your career? Like, anything at all? A hundred, everything I've, everything. I mean, I spent four years in developmental, and at times it would get ad nauseum and bumps and drills and that kind of stuff. But I was always in great condition because of that. Um Every week, you had promo class with Dusty Rhodes, so even if I was doing crappy promos and not what he wanted, 
I was listening to his critiques, not only of my promos, but other people's promos and his way of communicating and telling stories. And then, uh, you know, working with Dr. Tom Pritchard, just psychology was really big. Working with Norman, like different holds and unique ways to get into them. Norman so everything Smiley. I, everything I, yeah, Norman's a man. But yeah. everything I learned in developmental and then working NXT on the road, every night we were working in front of an audience who had no idea who we were. So it was always a challenge to get reactions. And we were kind of hampered by, you know, being undercard and not really allowed to probably do everything we could do. Yeah, I remember that. I remember you guys had freaking handcuffs on it. I mean, for lack of a better term, like, like I, I used to wonder how come you're going out there in, in, in these matches and not doing certain things that like I think you should be doing. And it was like, well, we're not allowed to. I yeah, don't understand I, that, man. To be fair, I mean, you know, we shouldn't ask and we should just do. That's right. Forgiveness later. And looking back on that, I wish I could have done more because maybe they would say, oh, you know, he didn't. He shouldn't have done this and this, but I'm really glad he did because that was pretty cool. And it's okay, though, you know. Right. Another lesson I learned there, which I took the TNA, like, I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to do what I have to do. So you finally, yeah. like, you finally uh, you finally got your your promo style, like, dialed in, it seemed like. And what what, what was it that, uh, that got you there? Good question. I think... A lot of like developmental promos and a lot of the stuff I did at NXT was haha and humorous. Yeah. Um, even if I didn't intend it to be laugh out loud funny, like not trying to be a comedy guy per se, because I remember watching the Attitude Era and I remember Edge and Christian were funny, but they weren't comedy guys. You right. know, Angle was funny, Austin was funny, The Rock was funny, DX was funny, but they weren't comedy. And that's what I tried to do, but I couldn't quite, you know, capture or I was just perceived as trying to be a funny guy all the time. But I want to think with TNA, the character was just able to, instead of I'm out there trying to be funny, I'm a bad guy who's entitled and doing whatever he wants. So it's not really funny. He's just kind of being an asshole, but in retrospect to an audience of my peers or you guys, you appreciate the nonsensical humor that's involved in being a over the top dickhead. Did you have to reach deep to find that inner asshole? No. Like I really it took no effort for me to get deep into my inner asshole. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so what was like one As long of as you most- don't get deep into mine. Because I tore mine. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to derail the conversation. What was one of the most important things you learned from Dusty? I just the communication, the telling the story, the ability to pace a promo, the uh, the hook in the beginning and the conclusion being the most important part, and the peaks and valleys you you know you you take them on the way when you're trying to tell that story. He compared it a lot to a promo's a match and a match is a promo. You know, you have your you have your initial thing that catches their attention. You have your peaks and valleys, your ups and your downs, and then you can have the the best promo in the world, but your finish absolutely sucks. You can have the best match in the world, and your finish absolutely sucks. You have a bad match. You have a bad promo. You can have an okay or a bad match, 
until the end and the conclusion is great, then you have a great promo and a great match. So, you know, that being the most important part. And it's true. It is true. Yeah. And and I was, you know, when I would when I would go down there and I'd listen to Dusty talk to y'all, he would he would often use like references to making movies and, and analogies to that. And it was like he was always talking about, yeah, like this was his movie. And and do you remember him talking about that? Very very deeply. And you know, I think I don't want to say I'm an expert at it because I still have a lot to learn. But you know. Being able to, when I look at wrestling, or at least my characters and the stories I try to tell, having a depth of them that's not just a, a bouye, a bad guy, good guy, yeah. but reasons for actions and a story and a movie. Like, why can't wrestling have characters that are developed like a Walter White, you know? Sure, or he would mention well, Game of Thrones or different things like yeah. that often. Often. He was big in the movies. I think he really wanted to make a movie. And he probably would have made a really damn good one. I think so. Yeah, I think he would have. Well, something that's a lot like a movie is Lucha Underground. And your time in NXT with Maxine, who is now uh, Katrina and Lucha Underground, Carly Perez, and Johnny Curtis, who is now Fandango, was probably the most entertaining thing that N- NXT put on TV at that time. If it can, it was on Hulu, but put on <laughs> TV. Uh how do you feel seeing her doing her thing in Lucha Underground, you're doing your thing in Impact, and now Fandango's finally getting TV time on SmackDown? Finally. I feel it's uh, it's come full circle, and we need to bring it back together. That's what I feel, to be honest. No, it was really reassuring to see Katrina succeed because, A, she's hot, so there you go. That's nice to see on TV. Right. B, she's super, like, uh, creative and talented and see she's just like she's an overall pretty good person so I'm glad she had the opportunity to uh, do that and do it to the best of her abilities as far as Fandango goes I mean we've been up and down the roads through the muck together in the sweat in the fucking grinder he he nah, put the nah, years nah, in nah. down there too like in, in FCW and the developmental what you like I mean he had like a three four year uh, stint down there didn't he yeah, no, he was like six or seven when because he was there for like two or three years before I got wow. there, and we were we're about the same age if I recall. And uh, yeah, and then he won the season of NXT, and he kind of got lost. And then Fandango became a dancer, and it was awesome. But then it kind of got lost. So you were kind of worried for him, but I mean, he's got the ball with the fashion files, and I think it's something unique and fun to watch on TV. And I look forward to seeing it every week. And him and Breezer doing it well so they are i feel like it's yeah so it's good to see because he's also weird as hell like i am so we're kind of akin like that but we love the weird guys and, and the, yeah. the weird girls and in, in, in the industry man i mean that's yeah, he, that's what makes it great is, is all of those weirdos i think it's entertaining he's, and that's yeah he's we so love. weird but in the ring if people don't know he's one of the more talented people out there so oh, yeah it's good yeah. to see that carly told me to ask you about uh, improvising backstage promos and bringing your mom and her mom to the shows. <laughs> yeah, I think it got us a lot of heat because they thought we were just trying to get our parents booked, but we pitched an idea to the NXT writer. He was fairly new at the time, too, and they kind of just threw the show at him. He's like, what? What am I doing with this? And it was in between being Redemption and then where we went away and it was just a weird Saved by the Bell kind of scenario for a while. Yeah. But I thought if we were about to get married that we should have our mothers involved and they should be, you know, they should meet their future in-laws. 
so to speak. So uh, my mom was in town, so we got her on the show. And then Carly's mom was in town the next week, and we got her on the show. And uh, it was bizarre. And, I mean, kudos to my mother. She she knocked it out of the park that even when she came back, Vince McMahon gave her a thumbs up. So, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did he? I was like, wow, Mom, you got a thumbs up from Vince, and I've never. Oh, wow. Let me tell you what. When I would come through the curtain, there was a time, E, when I would come through the curtain, and if I didn't get that thumbs up, it would crush me, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's imagine. a little bit too much stock to put into a thumbs up from anyone. <laughs> it was pretty surreal. Yeah. But, uh, fuck. Wow. What well, happened? I should be a millionaire by now. Oh, well, oh you will. It's all good. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, with Impact Wrestling going to India, maybe you will be a millionaire soon. How well, is, maybe uh, if I could get in a Bollywood movie, maybe. You never know. What was the experience like in India? Oh, it's hot and humid. It's a and long lost, flight. <laughs> yeah, and they lost all my luggage, so I had the same underwear, well, I had two pairs of underwear to cycle through for about a five or six day stand. Yeah. I had no deodorant. No one seemed to notice that I stunk the whole time, but, you know, it's fine. And then uh, the shows were good. It's cool to make history and be able to film TV and have that opportunity, and Sony 6 is a great partner for Impact, and that's such an untapped market. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever been there before? Or was that your first time? I went there about a year and a half prior because we were originally going to do TV in 2016 there, but it fell through, as is custom sometimes with Impact stuff. But uh, yeah, wrestling in general. Yeah, pro wrestling in general, things fall through like more often than they don't. But I went to, I was in, um, in 95, I went to India, and it was crazy over there, man. It's wrestling is huge. And 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 they and you know, um, we went we went to a town called Bangalore and uh, it was sold out and like security was was taking money from people and letting in letting, letting bleh, excuse me easy for me to say letting them in the side door before the people with actual tickets got in and like the place was overcrowded and like there was structural damage to the building uh, and it was just it was crazy. Uh, a lot of corruption over there. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm surprised I made it back with all my kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, was the, what was the difference for you wrestling in front of an American, American crowd and then wrestling in front of an Indian crowd? I think the Indian crowd was hungry for action and was ready to enjoy everything. We're, when we do TV in Orlando, you know, it's the same people a lot of times, or it's tourists, and it becomes a little desensitized, and you have to... It's not their fault. It's our fault if we don't make them react, but sometimes it takes everything we have to find a different way to do it, especially if we're doing a bunch of days in a row. So it was refreshing to be able to just simplify what we do, tell the basic story, and then through that, it's a lot more fun when the crowd is reacting. So it was easier, and it was a lot more fun, uh, even if you're going to lose my luggage every time and I'm going to come back with dysentery, I would go back for that crowd. Because it, isn't it just, I mean, it makes all the difference in the world. Like when, And I, I know people will go, ah, but don't worry about the crowd. It's all for the cameras and, and, and the people at home. I see, I don't, I can't, I can't work like that, man. I have to be mindful of, of the live crowd. And I, I, okay, we don't, I don't need, but pretty much actually yeah i kind of need there to be some energy in the room you know yeah, i mean let me let me pose a theory to you you're a you're a 
skilled hand who's had a great run. Let me throw this at you and see see how you feel about it. Yeah. Okay. You can have a good match, but you can't have a great match without a crowd. Right. You can have a you might be able to have a great match, but you can't have a five star or an excellent match without the most enthusiastic possible crowd. It, I think it makes all the difference in the world because the moves are just one yes one aspect. The story is just one aspect, and the, but the reaction is probably the most important aspect. And I feel like and and I absolutely I, I agree with you hundred percent on that and and the way you put it and. I to me, the people, the crowd is part of the show to me. That's just how yeah. I look at it. Like, okay, they're not the principal actors, uh, but they're definitely extras, you know. And sure. and as far as you know, casting goes, and I and they're and, and it's imperative. Like, I I just don't, I think it makes or breaks to me. Nothing tells me uh, the only thing that tells me a match was good is the crowd reaction. That's how I look yeah. at it. I, even if I have an okay or like a good match, and on Twitter people are saying, "Oh, this is a great match," and then I walk it back, watch it back, and it's in the impact zone. It's probably the third time I've been out there today, and it's on the fourth day. And in, in theory, it's good, but the crowd, bless their souls, they've been there a long time. They're not fully invested, so it's like, yeah, it's good. It's not. It's not great. Yeah. So speaking of, you know, wrestling in front of different audiences and different crowds, etc., uh, Impact has a working relationship with Pro Wrestling Noah in Japan. Are there any, are we going to be see, seeing you wrestle in Japan anytime soon? I don't have anything confirmed, but I would assume that would probably happen as long as that relationship maintains. And Japan's another place with a great crowd, a different kind of crowd that I'd like to get back to. Oh, you've been to Japan? Yeah, we did a... Uh, couple Wrestle One shows that were combined with TNA. So. Oh, nice. So that means yeah, Impact got... has relationships with India, Japan, and Mexico right now? That's what it looks like. So the more we can get out there and build good rapport and build bridges and hopefully, you know, I don't feel like wrestling should be, besides WWE, company versus company, I think it should be a collaboration between company and company because, you know, I don't want to say it's the only way to compete, but it's the only way to maybe make it interesting enough for more people to follow. And it just creates a healthy marketplace overall. Mm-hmm. You know, like, sure. I mean, I, I just, I, I, um, I just think that, okay, have, have you been, I think I might've seen you in, in, uh, in the UK not that long ago, right? Uh, maybe it was probably like last year. Yeah. And yeah. you see how things work over there, right? They have like, I, like 200 different promotions in the UK. And they all get along, and they all like they they all kind of. I mean, yeah, there's some rifts between certain promoters and that, and you know, this one don't like that one. But overall, like it it works very well. That it's like a a loose system there almost. Did the same yeah, and then, wrestlers wrestle cool. for all the companies, and it's not a big deal. It's not like no, he needs to be exclusive to us. Not really, you're not no. dealing with that. Well, no. that's great. Not all the time, but then, you know, I guess if, it, if you're going to have a marquee matchup between a top guy in one company and a top guy in another, it might become a business sense of, you know, who's being, whose night it is that night, so to speak. So sure. that could probably get a little tricky, but I mean, for the most part, let's, let's, let's just all wrestle. Let's just, sure. let's just all put on our gear and put on our underwear and get in the ring together. Amen. And, and, and to me, there's enough pieces of the pie for everyone to get a slice. Like, okay, we don't have to bogart the whole pie to ourselves, man. Yeah. You know? As long as I'm making more money than the other guy, I don't care. Oh, <laughs> you, you know what? Scott Hall, Scott Hall had a different, uh, like, 
quote. He, he, he would always tell Vince, he goes, I don't have to make the most money. I just want to make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> so, a, a true poet. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of all these companies working together, and TNA has a working, a complicated, if you want to say, relationship with Crash and AAA, where, you know, they're rest, as you know, they can't work with each other, can't be seen on screen together. What are your thoughts about that? And personally for you, do you want to see yourself rest, work, working more with AAA wrestlers or with Crash wrestlers? Oh, I wouldn't have a preference. I guess whatever's best for our business. Uh, I don't know about any rifts or differences, you know, because... I try to stay away from that stuff because it gets too depressing or too confusing for me. But, you know, whoever, man. As long as, you know, I don't have to do a moonsault. Hey, <laughs> you were mentioning earlier about um, about some time you spent in OVW with Rip Rogers. Um, yeah, he's a brilliant guy. Brilliant guy. Can you talk about uh, any, some of the stuff that he, some of the knowledge he dropped on you? Yeah, like in 2007, uh, I was used as an extra a couple times in WWE, and then I, I kind of got the taste I got the fever, so I, I was sick of just sitting at home because that's not going to do anything for me. So I moved down to Louisville to go to OBW because they had an intermediate class that kind of eventually got to mingle with, uh, you know, developmental guys. So Rip was in charge of that class, and uh, it was just an eye-opening experience because I thought I knew something, and I knew absolutely nothing. And then just the psychology he teaches and the basics and the thought process on, you know, the, you know, being a heel, yeah, being a babyface, uh, getting the most out of the least, telling that story with physicality as opposed to, you know, move, no selling, move, move, move kind of stuff. Uh, a great background to have, and, you know, I wish a lot of people had that experience just so the business can slow down and we can focus more, I don't know, I don't want to say take away from action because you're definitely going to have action matches they had that kind of mentality, but just calming it back a little bit so everyone has a little more longevity. Do you have an opinion on the stuff that's uh, out there right His now? Dive rant? Yeah. <laughs> of course I do. Everyone does. I, I see it both ways, but uh, I think what's getting lost in the, the debate, it almost feels like it's a, a political debate. It does, it doesn't like, it? You, you know, if you had one, one perception on it, Everyone that's on the other side would be like, oh, he's one of those guys. Ah, oh, he's a lot of liberal blah, blah. You know, and that's not the case at all. Uh, dives are cool. I like dives. I think they look really fancy. I used to do a dive before I hurt my knee the fourth time. I still can do a dive, and I'm waiting for the right time to do it. But I think seeing the same dive in succession on the same show becomes... And setting it up the same exact way, right? And they set it yes. up the same way. You know it's coming. And, like, some of these dives, you can do two less. You can do your biggest one towards the end of your match, really getting the most out of it there, and then you take it home, and then I think you've you've told a great story with the right amount of action that satisfies everybody's needs. So I think, uh, I think the dive debate becomes a loss in creativity, in a sense, into yeah. working uh, a stronger match. That's and, you know, exactly no, right. It's more like a, a There Will Be Blood is a great story and one of the best movies I've ever seen, but it didn't have the same action as the third Transformers movie, which had a lot of explosions, but kind of sucked, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> finding, finding the right balance. Yeah. I, like there's, room, there's room for both of it, but... See, the thing is, know, is I don't think, like, 
I'm not one of. I, I like to look at things from uh, from different people's points of view, you know. And so, and I also understand that uh, things evolve and and things change, and you know, we can't. Or I mean, we can we can choose to try to hold on to the past and get in the time machine and keep traveling backwards, but and and there are some things about the past that are that are worth holding on to, uh, but man, things evolve, e and and like I just think that to throw a blanket statement out there or you know just to you know and I understand you know Rip Rip's uh, you know he some of the things he says are kind of controversial and. Oh, very much. And, and all that. And he's, he's kind of going for that, too, a little bit. But um, I would relate it to your tackle drop down. You hate that. You hate that it always gets done in matches, and you think we're past that. Yeah, you know, like every time you see a tackle, you know a drop down and a leapfrog or something's coming, right? True, true. So, I guess, whatever. I I, I just I, I like to look at things from, from, from different people's uh, points of view, man. I, I feel like you don't need a dive to have a good match or where your matches on the card. I mean, if I'm on an independent show and the second match is a, I don't want to say a comedy match, but it's like an over the top heel versus a white meat baby face. I can have a match where it's the heel getting pretty much straight heat on this white meat baby face and him, him slipping over in a, you know, crazy pin and, yeah. you know, getting a win. And that's just as good as if he, well, okay, then I'll, you know, drop kick you here, and then you do the powder, and then I'll do a lazy-ass suicide dive in the first minute for my shine. That's like, right. No, nah, man, you don't need... Save that for, you know, the fourth match or the seventh match or the main event. Like, we don't... The steal the show mentality sometimes takes away from the fact that, you know, a card's supposed to build, and, and people we, have certain spots. And we, exactly, know your spot on the card. And work within those parameters, and you can still go out there and and kill it, you know? Um, 100%. Yeah, for sure. Well, recently, last week at Bar Wrestling, uh, (laughs) I don't remember what match match you were, but you were definitely really entertaining, and I clearly remember people should come drunk to Bar Wrestling and not get drunk at Bar Wrestling, which is like (laughs) the whole thing in this match. Well, I mean, and all right. The first match of that show is Brian Cage versus Pentagon Jr., right? And they're out there. Jeez, the guys. They that's the first match? Yeah. That's like a main Every, event anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, they go 15 minutes with all this stuff. And then, you know, the second match has Scorpio Sky, and he's going to do something cool. Third match, the girls are going to want to work really hard. And, you know, they're, like, submission-based. So I'm working Ziggler's little brother, Nemeth, and, like, uh-huh. what can we do different? I don't know. Let's tell a dumb story about dick heat. And yeah, we're, we're coming back full circle because I guess I'm obsessed with dicks on this podcast. But <laughs> we, did a, you know, we did a dumb like the first ever bar wrestling barroom brawl, and it's just like let's do something kind of wonky and different, and it just gave the crowd something different. We had different reactions. We still had a fairly decent match with a good set of heat and a nice comeback and a f- one false finish, which we probably didn't even need. And then you know it's just a different thing because I know. I know the fifth match wants to do a bunch of stuff. I know Joey Ryan and, you know, M-Dog are doing a bunch of stuff. And then I know Willie Mack and uh, who was yeah, a Jeff Cobb are closing the show. And they have, you know, a lot of weapons in their artillery they want to use. We don't need to touch those if we can do something completely different. Wow. Did you notice that there was an older lady, like, knitting or crocheting during your match? Yeah, I had a... I put her on my Instagram because I took a picture next to her. And she didn't seem happy about it. She must hate me. 
I just thought it was hilarious. It's like whole like standing room only bar wrestling show, and they're fighting in the crowd, and people are moving, and beers going everywhere, and then there's like this lady in a wheelchair just knitting. It's like the definition of chill right there. That's yeah, what, what is that is. actually? Like, crazy. Yeah. I was like, what they, is going on they, right now? They turn people away at the door, and there's like, how does she get a ticket? She's gonna sit there and knit. Which is also do. You, do you go into shows, do you get a, a lot of indie bookings where you're worried about, oh man, I took this booking, I don't know if there's going to be like 30 people in the crowd, or this is a new company, especially Bar Wrestling was a brand new company, this is their first show, you don't know how many people are going to show up, and then it's yeah. no chairs, standing room only, on a Thursday, so there are a lot of factors that people could easily be like, yeah, no No chairs coming. except for the wheelchair the lady was sitting there when she was <laughs> crocheting? Yeah. Okay. Well, Impact does a lot of my independent bookings and I still get requests but they kind of end up being facilitated through the office but I'm friends with Joey and uh, he told me about the concept and I was like well if I can go out there and see my family in California for a couple days it's totally worth it for me to do so that was all that based into it and then you know oh we'll put you against your you can work with your friend. Oh, that'll be fun because then we can just punch each other in the nuts and we'll just have a great old time. Yeah, it seemed like then, there was a lot of like, a lot of catching so, up for you there. Uh, Damian yeah. Sandow was hanging out backstage. Yeah, I mean, there's some independence that I've done, and it felt like I I don't want to say I'm a big league and I shouldn't be there, but if I'm a top guy somewhere and I'm on this show where no one's getting paid and you know the promoters running out the door trying to hide from everybody, <laughs> I shouldn't probably be on this. Yeah, but you know I, I don't book myself on it, so. I try if I if I'm doing independents that are that come to me that I have to facilitate through impact. I'll usually make sure they're fairly decent or you know friends are working there that are that know what's going on. So you know, like Dreamers shows, of course, I would love to do as many of those as I can because they're always going to be good. Yeah, yeah. House of Hardcore is awesome. So you've been on some of those shows too, where like you know some some guys didn't get paid, but you did, right? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't feel very good, does it? Man, that sucks. You didn't get paid. All right. Uh, I'm going to go. Yeah. Let's go find this butthole. Yeah, let's get him. Uh, hey, E, I'm looking at that picture of you and the lady with the uh, in the wheelchair with Somebody's the crochet. Man, look at them abs, bro. Look at those things. Are they, Did you did you paint those in or what? I'm, I mean, I, I did a little filter. I'm not going to lie, but they're pretty natural right there. Wow, man. Those hey, you're walking around are... with a pretty sweet six-pack, too, yourself. It's an eight-pack, actually, just like yours. <laughs> Fair enough. But I've been getting I've been too much salt lately, though. I'm holding a little bit of water. Yeah. Uh, just drink more. Yeah. Just drink more. So. Well, Slammiversary 15 is yeah. July 2nd. You're wrestling James Storm in a strap match? That's correct. Is this your first strap match you've ever had? It is. I don't even watch strap matches when I do tape studies, so I better study up. But, uh, yeah, you know, we're telling the story where I've whipped the ever-living shit out of him. I started whipping... Uh, extras and staff people, so you know, might as well culminate in a strap match. I really, I really strapped the hell out of them one time, like to an excessive nature, where I just know that I'm going to have to get a receipt for it, and I'm dreading it every second of every oh, day. Oh, that's the fun but, part! Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm I, I do business, so yeah, it'll be good. It'll be well, it won't be good because I hate when. People have to build up matches. Like, we're going to go out there and have a great match. We're going to go out there and really excite the crowd. It's actually probably not going to be a great match. It's probably going to be a drubbing, <laughs> an ass-kicking, an, ass an yeah. absolute you know, destruction of not only his physical sense, but his uh, soul. Uh, I'm going to tear him apart piece by piece. I'm going to rip flesh from his body. 
uh, it's going to be nasty. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be gross. And I'm going to, you know, win. And it's going to be great. So if so, you win, you'll remain undefeated at Slammiversary. So I want to know how the how the rules go of the strap match. Are you guys like one what you each strap to um, to kind of like a chain match, but a strap? Where yeah, you have to strap around I mean, all four corners, I think. Well, it's there's six sides. So you got to hit. I believe hit. it'll be pinfall to a finish. I don't think this issue can be settled by touching a bunch of turnbuckles. Good, good, because I'm not yeah. a fan of that anyway. Yeah, I never liked that. Never It's liked always it. the last tug of war, yeah. and the guy pulls him in, and he tags the corner first. Yeah, yeah. so are you going to be, but are you going to be tied to each other, or are you just going to each have a, uh, like some kind of a strap that you can whip each other with? Well, that's, I probably should get my agent on the phone and find out what the hell's <laughs> going on. Yeah. I, I believe we'd be you know, tied to each other. So. Which would which which would you prefer? Uh, the tie to each other, yeah. I think, uh, on a card that's going to be loaded with, uh, you know, some good matches and some you know stipulation matches that that gives us a, a different aspect to work with and yeah. tell a different story. So we're not, you know, you know, I don't have to go do my dive yet. I can save that for Bound for Glory. <laughs> okay. How do you feel about Slammiversary <laughs> being in the Impact Zone instead of traveling? Because usually with big pay per views like this, they would travel. Yeah, I would love to be on the road for it, but you know the circumstances dictate because we're going to rattle off about six or seven TV shows that week afterwards. So it's always good to it's good to be on the road, and this is why I do like to do as many indies as possible that are reputable, just to see what I'm doing on TV and what's working and what's not working. Because in front of the same crowd, you can't really gauge it, so to speak. So it'd be great to see you know in front of a neutral crowd what kind of reactions we get and what. Uh, what kind of things got over via the television product that we can focus on more. But uh, circumstances dictate the impact zone. That's been our home for a long time. I'm sure we're going to go there and we're going to kick ass. And we'll be good. Hey, um, e, what are the, what are the other uh, big matches on the show besides you and, you and Storm? I believe there's a full metal mayhem match between Eddie Edwards and his wife, Alicia, and Davey Richards and his wife, Angelina Love. Uh, I believe... My dear friend Moose, who needs uh, some studying from Rip Rogers, is tagging with uh-huh. NFL superstar D'Angelo <laughs> Williams uh, versus Eli Drake and uh, maybe Chris Adonis. Oh, D'Angelo Williams, the guy from the NFL. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Guess, uh, Moose is uh, telling me that he's, oh, dude, you should see him. He can already do a moonsault, dude. And I'm like, so oh, what? <laughs> so effing what? Yeah, but I mean, I hope I didn't spoil D'Angelo's room side for the show. Yeah, but still, like, come on, man. That's just kind of yeah. a silly thing to hear somebody say. <laughs> the X, I'm sure the X Divisions will be on the line. I'm not quite sure. I think it's Sanjay and Loki, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And I believe the main event will be Alberto El Patron as the Global Force Champion, taking on Bobby Lashley as the Impact Champion, and uh, kind of bringing those titles to together. Unify the titles. Nice. And, man, there's some. It's it's not like you guys aren't uh, loaded with talent around there, are you? No, there's definitely talent. There's always the locker room and the talent has never, as far as I've been there, ever been an issue. It's just about perception and then the battle to uh, defeat that perception. And then, uh, you know, that's on us as much as any sort of, you know, and you, business, but you don't think any of that has to do with creative? Maybe not creative as much as just, you know, a lot of their business became public. Yeah. And still to this day becomes public. And I wish. Too much, though. Know, way too much. Yeah. I would love to see stuff handled in house. Yeah. But that's not my call. Nor is it, you know, my call that people want to talk about it on the internet. But yeah, I but that's that usually. Always, I was mentioning this, like, like, in the last couple of weeks. Like, that's something the talent usually does, not the people, like, you know. 
heads of Office. companies and, and that. That's all. That's that's the only thing I want to say about that. Yeah, and you know I understand both sides of every sure. story, and there's always two sides of every story, so I don't like to get involved in that. But you know, I think uh, it always provides. It kind of like leaves a negative taste in people's mouth, and uh, yeah. I guess it's up to the talent to, you know, change that perception because we can only do the best with what we have, and what we have is that forum to show our skills, and we're going to do it July second at Sun anniversary. Sweet. Um. You ever party at the Orlando Ale House after the Impact tapings? I try not to, except unless I really want to get free drinks because it's full of uh, the fans, and then I trick them into buying me free drinks. But, yeah, you know, we've been to the Ale House once or, once or a dozen times. Uh, do you prefer four sides or six sides? I prefer four if I had to be blatantly blunt, but I do appreciate the fact that giving – a six-sided ring gives us a different look and a different feel yeah. and a different sort of impact. So anything that can differentiate you from the standard isn't a bad thing. But, uh, you know, sometimes I get lost. There's an extra turnbuckle. What? I um, I I prefer the four-sided ring. And not just, bless you, not just because um, of traditional reasons, but um, I don't know about you. I don't climb to the top that much anymore, but when I do, it's very difficult it, on a six-sided ring. Yeah, it's weird up there. I don't know how those guys do all that wacky stuff. Because, you know, I'll go up there and do my token cross body as a baby face every now and then. I'm like, man, this thing's, this is tricky. Yeah, yeah it is. And, it, you know, some guys talk about the, the six-sided ring being stiffer. But that part I don't care about. Like, a little bit stiffer ring, I whoop, whoop-de-doo at this point. Yeah. Well, I hate bumping, so I care about it a lot. <laughs> I didn't hate bumping. I just don't do it that much anymore, man. Uh, you're over. You don't need to. All right. How vicious was that double stomp off the top of the six sides of steel from Alberto? Or, uh, it was so it was so vicious. Uh, he couldn't pin me after because I was locked into the turnbuckle still. So he had to put insult to injury and frog splash me to death. But uh, it, it sucked, man. Oh wow! I'm looking good. at a still was, of that. Oh. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, we just saw that. We just showed a little yeah. clip of that. Oh you yeah, you're just stuck. Your you're just. I mean, you said you had four surgeries on your knee, and then your knees are stuck between the cage and the rope. And it might have been like a little that. swollen after that. Maybe that's why I couldn't walk for a couple of days. But you know, would you rather so, he just pinned you, or, or did, did you think he did the right thing by? I think he did the right thing. Yeah, I do too. Because a, I mean, obviously that move would murder any regular man. You know, I'm Superman, so you got to keep me down with more. Right. Should did it twice, but b, you know what? Frog Splash is a finish now, and so he's got another tool in his arsenal to work yeah. with. And it worked. It worked. Yeah. It worked. The people, yeah. Speaking I, of- I mean, that guy came into this company, has beat me twice, and nobody really beats me in Impact, so I should hate him. But working with him, I respect the absolute hell out of him because yeah. he, brings, he brings another level out of you that's, uh, you don't get a lot because he, you know, it's real when you're in there with him, and that, that feels pretty good. I never had a chance to work with him, but I used to work with his dad. Yeah. Yeah, it was very cool. Very Speaking cool. of finishers, how'd you come up with your finisher? I what stole it from an indie video, and I think it was from Sammy Callahan at one point. Uh-huh. So, the one person. But then I was, like I, you know, I didn't win a lot of matches in WWE, but I used it there. And then uh, I left, and Dean Ambrose adopted it, and then uh, he kind of switches up. It's not, if I can go back in time, I'd opt for something just a little different because not everybody can make it look as I was devastating as that. the other guy. Is how important is someone bumping for it? Because in your debut against Peter Avalon, who was Norm Furnham in TNA, he took it like a champ, and he spiked yeah. straight up for it. 
So yeah, someone so, who is not as willing to jump right on the top of their head, I'm sure. That's what it's, just it's all right though. You know, it, it's won me a lot of matches, so it must work. So hey, hey how long how long are you tied up uh, under contract with with the Impact now? I believe at Slam Anniversary would mark the. Uh, I would have another year left with them, yeah. so we'll see. So um, a few goals after that, but I got plenty of goals there still to accomplish. So, which is cool, and um, and I I'm just wondering um, what your thoughts are in returning to WWE one day because I think that uh, it's it's inevitable if you ask me. I it's definitely you know a thought I have now that I've accomplished a lot and kind of made my name for myself elsewhere and to be. F- blunt and frankly honest uh, I have a lot left to accomplish and I have a lot to prove there that I never had the chance to or I didn't deserve at the time but you know I've learned a lot about myself I know myself now that it's definitely on my mind but uh, it's not something I can focus on because my commitments are with impact and then sure when that time when that time comes up you know and I'm, and I'm not you, trying to make you project too far into the future yeah. uh, anyways, but, you know, these are just hypothetical things that people kind of, you know, are yeah. interested in hearing about. And, and also, I just think, like I said, I think it's inevitable. I, and, and I think that um, it was it was time for you to go before, regardless of, like, of, the, of how it happened. Like, um, I, I really think that you needed to go uh, and, and leave that, that environment for you to grow as, as well as you have. Yeah, I mean, if I stuck around, I'd be, if I would still be there, I'd be a low to mid card comedy act, and that's not who I want to be. You know, I want to be a top, sure, top guy. I want to be the top man in a sense, is what I say on Impact. I just want to be the absolute best, and just the opportunity to uh, do it. So that was definitely the best thing that ever happened to me. I can't look back in anger or regret or anything because it made me who I am today, and I, I like who I am. I like who I am. Yeah, I like who you are too, man. So. When that time comes, you know, that'll be decisions to be made. And I have a lot of, you know, tied and invested energy into impact. And I really want to see it succeed. And I really want to do what's best for them. And But at the end, it'll be what's best for me, right? Absolutely. So, awesome. So we got Slammiversary 15, July 2nd, on pay-per-view. And then Impact airs on Thursdays at 8 on Pop TV. That sounds right and to me. Fight Net. And then Correct. Do you, do you know if you're going to be at Bar Wrestling on July 4th? I believe Impact will be running television, so I will not be there. But hopefully I can return maybe whenever I want to go on vacation to California, I guess. Awesome. Nice. Thank you so much, EC3. Hey, hey, man, what what other stuff? Do you have anything else you want to talk about or, or plug before we, uh, before we go? Like, oh, no, I should have. Well, you know, I filmed a movie. I don't know when it comes out, so I can't give you any details on that. But there was like a bunch of old Power Rangers in it and some guy from The Walking Dead. And there's like a bunch of, it's a weird ensemble cast. Do you have the name of the and movie? Ty- Tyrus is it. Yeah, it's called Enuati. And by, before I stress this, by no stretch of the imagination, is this a giant blockbuster? This will be, you know, something that maybe winds up on Netflix or maybe you're walking in Walmart as in a DVD and you see my stupid face on the cover and you're like, what? Pick it up. But uh, that was the first time I got to do any sort of acting, and that was pretty fun and cool, and that's something I'd like to try to in the future. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I in could see you doing that. In one of your interviews, that. you said you'd be like a B-grade, uh, was it, like, comedian, like uh, Vince Vaughn. Like, oh, I could be like a B-grade Vince Vaughn. I thought you could be <laughs> like the next Terry Crews. 
Like, you're one roll away from being like Terry Crews and White Chicks, where everyone's like, this guy's hilarious. And then yeah. you're just on the ball. I mean, he started in Battle Dome, and look where he's at now. So I would, I would never, I'm not going to go out there. I'm not going to be DiCaprio. I'm not going to be Hanks. But I sure as hell could be Cruz, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you have a do you have a T-shirt? Like, do you have a pro wrestling tea store? Or do you have a website I do. or any I of that? Probably update that. But uh, pro wrestling tea slash EC three. You can check out uh, Shop TNA for my official TNA merch. Uh, follow me on the Instagram, the Twitter, and I think I have a Facebook fan page. All at the real EC three. Nice. And, uh, well, that's it, man. Are you getting an action figure? I know in uh, your interview with Mark E. Extreme, you were quite upset that Dixie Carter has an action figure, but you don't. <laughs> Once we get our shit together and start producing action figures, I'd love to have one because uh, I think that's a culmination of what one of my bucket list things is to put my stupid little action figure on a pedestal. And you got to have a video. You got to be in a video game. You got to be in a video game. See? Yeah. Man, two steps behind. <laughs> no, that's we're, coming too. Don't worry. <laughs> hey man, I thank you so much for coming on, man. I, um, I'm I'm really happy that uh, that everything um, has been going well for you. I mean, re- you know, not not counting like the injuries and all that, but just since leaving WWE, um, I think like everything. I think you've just continued to progress. Uh, you know, make forward progress, and uh, and like I said, man, I. You're really, really good world champion, and um, so I, I just thought I was. Um, I just thought I thought you held the belt well, and and that, that that's pretty impressive to me. So um, I, I, I sincerely appreciate that, and I sincerely appreciate you recalling our past encounters because you know I think uh, from a seasoned vet like yourself, you see a lot of guys work, you see a lot of wrestling, you see a lot of stuff that it's easy to kind of you know forget that you met somebody in the past or something like that. And the fact that you remember the old FCW match, I mean, that meant a lot to me. So I appreciate oh, cool, that. Man. And, uh, the compliments cool. helped me. And uh, thank you very much for having me on. That was a good talk. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Thanks, man. Hey, have an awesome day, man. I'm so grateful to have you on, man. Thank you. You too, man. Thank you, guys. Thanks. EC3, ladies and gentlemen. That was awesome. You guys did great. Thank you. You guys were great. Cool. Thank you. Um, we're going to take a break right now. We'll come back. Uh, with some closing comments. I don't know what they're going to be. But, uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> hey guys, Maria Menunos here. We want to let you know about my new show on Sirius XM Stars Channel 109. It's called Conversations with Maria, and it's live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Go to conversationswithmaria.com for more info. Buzz you later. Well, we're back, and I'm not sure why we actually took a break, but we did. <laughs> Yeah, why'd you call for a break? <laughs> I just needed a chance need to a reset moment. for a second. Nailed it. Or I guess maybe. Let, we'll just call it that and keep going. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that was an, dude. That was an awesome interview. I was in here busting up. He's a great guy. He is. And and you know what? I heard him on um, uh, Sam Roberts. No, way before that, Roddy Piper's oh, um, wow. Piper's Pit. Yeah, and he was excellent on there. That's why I knew he was going to be like, you know, I knew like, and thank you for you two for bringing the good questions. Um, I, uh, but I knew it was, I knew he would be fine. So yeah, it was cool. Um, and uh, he's like I said, I like like I mentioned to him, I he's gonna be in WWE again. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I just wonder 
making money. It'll be cool if he comes over to WWE as EC3, like a defector from another company. I mean, uh, after, every, after everything that we've seen with how they're dealing with the Hardys and that and that uh, intellectual property, eh, probably not going to happen. Uh, yeah, you got a point. I feel like we could see more like of an AJ Styles kind of thing. You know how AJ kind of came on his own terms, you know, because he made his name like so big outside of WWE. I think like if EC3 continues doing like what he's doing right now at Impact and making yeah. a name for himself, like he said, we can see him, you know, doing something similar to what AJ Styles is doing when he came into WWE. Yeah, I I, like I I don't think well, phew, he's got a little ways yet though. Like as far as like, because I mean AJ was a world champion in IWG, you know, in New Japan and all that. Um, I'm not sure. Like I, and I don't know. Maybe it's just yeah. timing. Like making yourself a star somewhere else, like AJ did in Japan, yeah. is probably his next big step huh. to get yeah. recognition to then have. Like clout to be like, no, this is what my character is going to be in WWE, and then not be like, no, 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 we have better ideas for you. Like, no, obviously this character is working. We're going to let you yeah. do that on our TV. Boy, I'm having a hard time spitting out what I'm trying to say today. You got a lot on your mind. Dude. I do have a We're lot about on to my wrap mind. Up. Yeah. So, um, what else is going on? Before is there, are there some things that we need to cover before we? Uh, oh, we definitely got there? get high watch wrestling yes. at the Largo on uh, June 29th. Definitely check that out. Go to ronfunches.com to get your tickets for that. And then Sean's appearance at the Wrestling Guy store on July 8th. Uh, Thewrestlingguy.com for tickets or at Wrestling Guy HP on Twitter. Cool. And all, right. all the social media stuff. So IG XPOC12360, Facebook XPOC12360 show. And then also iTunes, iTunes, iTunes. Give us five stars or better. I uh, also leave comments on the YouTube page and pretty much anything else that you uh, listen to us on. So Cool. All right. Well, that's about it for uh, XPOC12360 this week. Great job, Denise. And, Thank uh, you. Not sure the guest is going to be next week, but... Uh, It'll be a good show. It's going to be a, be a good a show. show. It'll be amazing. All right. Everybody have an awesome week, and uh, we'll see you next Wednesday. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Jimbo Frank and TK Trinidad, managing producer of AfterBuzz TV Wrestling Mark Donica, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff. We would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow XPOC on Twitter at TheRealXPOC and email us at XPOC12360show at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the AfterBuzz TV Network. Buzz you later!